Yeah. So we're still talking. You're still good with this. Yeah. Okay. Because we just watched uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Um, you when you first approached me, you were like, "Hey, you know it'll be fun. Let's start a podcast." I don't. I don't remember the fun tonight. <laughs> I don't know where the fun we're was tonight. We're about to make the fun, so we're gonna take Cannibal Holocaust and turn it into Tommy Boy. That's the job assignment that you have right now, so that uh, nobody else feels as dirty as we do right now. Like in in my brain, is that what's supposed to happen? Mm, no, I think it's more. You have to try to figure out how to do it. So. That's your experience. My experience watching that is I have to try to figure out how to justify to you why I thought I wanted to make you watch that. I, I assume just pure sadism. <laughs> I don't as I was as I was taking it out of the DVD player and I was putting it back on my shelf to display to everyone that I own this. Everyone that comes down into your basement. <laughs> my lair. Um I was thinking, how many times ever am I going to watch this in my life? And I came to the realization that the answer is probably one or two. And as weird as it is to say, it's probably going to be to show my kids. Not at like their seventh birthday party. Okay. I'm envisioning their 25th birthday party. Yeah. We will sit down and watch that. Um, but we got a couple housekeeping things before we completely dive into Cannibal Holocaust. All right. Um, Number one, we never finished discussing uh, our episode 100, what we're laying down there. Um, I think that if we get a, a kick-ass logo and we make it to 100, that I, I, I would join you in putting that onto my body. Very nice. All right. Sounds like the gauntlet's laid down there. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I've, I've said those words. There. And now, by law, I am bound to them. It, it is a legal thing. Thanks, Obama. Uh, before we get started, um, so first of all, I want to apologize again for Mr. Uh, Dwight Renfield last week. He really dropped the ball. He's been uh, placed on temporary probation from uh, any assignments from the Remake Me staff. And, uh, yeah, we're currently reviewing whether or not he's going to be welcome aboard. Luckily, I do have uh, Hobbs. You know Hobbs? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. He got back with us uh, for uh, not an exclusive. He was very clear. This is just something he thought we would know. So it's not an exclusive. It's not an exclusive, but it is exciting because it's relevant. So we referenced Cannibal Holocaust. Exciting. But uh, the movie that we watched prior to that was The Green Inferno. Did you have any idea anything about this before we watched it? No. No, no. So related to Green Inferno, we have some Eli Roth news. Okay. Okay. So Charlie uh, respond uh, gave me the lowdown. He sent me a link, um, and it's a part of a press release. He kind of edited it down for us, but it said the uh, uh, University of Southern California announced today that the commencement speech for their film school will be conducted by Eli Roth. That makes sense. He he makes films. That does. So. Uh, their little statement said, though primarily known as a horror filmmaker and producer, Roth has garnered praise throughout the film and literacy circles. Literary circles. Oh, but they're also literate. They are, uh, unlike me. So literary circles for his brilliant ability to create rich, defined characters. 
Uh, Jeanette Richards, spokesperson for the university, stated, few individuals in the history of the written word have been able to define in text what it takes to make someone human. Mr. Ross' ability to create likable, real characters that... So Hobbes wrote that bed for the reader... Beg, I think is what he means. So the beg for the reader... Hobbes isn't the best with words. No, no, it's pretty rough. Or reader to, uh, or viewer to care about this is unparalleled by any living person. We are proud to ask him to provide some insight to our new graduates. With any luck, they will be able to pick up a fragment of his talent. So... Congratulations to Mr. Eli Ross. Somebody's finally taking the notice to how much effort he puts into making his exactly. characters likable. Uh, congratulations. Good job. Yeah. Uh, and not congratulations to Hobbes. I, I think he needs to go with Renfield. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah they they the, need to go back to school. Really, both of them so yeah. far have been pretty disappointing with I, these little news bits. I appreciate that he was upfront about it, not being exclusive. <laughs> He's got that but going for him. He doesn't have the basic fundamentals of writing. That's true. And then me trying to read it doesn't help anything. You you did perfect. Uh, I, we, we can agree to blame, blame him. on that. Okay. Yes. Good, good. Um, so we got the commencement news mm-hmm. out of the way. Uh, we got the 100 episodes out of the way. Did you uh, follow up with uh, Clyde Barker's Tumblr like we talked about? I, I did. You did? I did. I'm, it's pleasant to hear that. How did that go for you? Uh, you... You did not. I, I feel lie in any way or, or over or understate anything. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, naked dudes being naked dudes with boners. Mm-hmm. Uh, with paint on them. In a lot of them. Not mm-hmm. all of them, but yes. Yeah. Um, one of them, a dude was just straight up ejaculating. Yeah, you you scrolled down that far too, huh? I, I <laughs> yeah, did. Because I scrolled and I think I saw the ejaculate and I was like, I've scrolled way too long. <laughs> I have too many penises. And it makes me feel so much better that you made it that far too. I wasn't going to admit that actually because I told you I already knew what it was and then I still kept scrolling. So, <laughs> Well, you had to catch up. I did. I had, yeah. to, I had to make sure that I'd seen the latest one. Mm-hmm. So uh completely serious when i say that i think that's who he is like i think clive barker would legitimately get just as sexually excited about like a painting as he would a hot dude oh yeah Uh, and if when you combine those two things together that's like me looking at a hot lady with a cupcake (laughs) okay Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. mean i would have went brownie but that's just a personal choice yeah yeah some of us like brownie some of us like cake yeah you know but it's we're all one world it does work out, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. We, we can know, come together here. Whether you're a brownie guy, whether you're a cupcake girl, you're all welcome. Except for the two broke girls. Yeah. They're just annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nobody from Greece. Okay. Hi. Yes. I tried to pick like a neutral thing that nobody would get <laughs> upset about. I don't think there's a lot of Greek advocates out there. Because I was trying to run through the things in my head that would be funny. And I was like, eh, they don't know me well enough to know if I can pull off one of those jokes. See, in me, I thought you meant the the movie Grease. So I was like, what, what about John Travolta? Oh, wait, Scientology. Yeah, you're right. You're two for two for trying to shoehorn in musicals <laughs> into these. Okay, yeah. All uh, right. Maybe I need to rethink my life as well. <laughs> well, don't think it too much tonight because you're you're riding high off of Cannibal Holocaust, so I still want to yeah. be you to be here with us tomorrow. Yeah, Cannibal Holocaust makes me want to rethink my life as well. Um, so we watched, we started with Green Inferno. So every time when we do this, um, 
We didn't get into it. I think we're going to have spoilers. The whole idea is that we're oh, going to yeah. set you up for what you're going to need to watch to listen to the episode to give us uh, your feedback on what you think on Twitter and Facebook and let us know exactly where we went wrong. Correct us on our mistakes. Um, we we assume that you are the smart ones and that, well, I mean, I assume that I'm the idiot. Definitely. Um, you're probably also an idiot, but no, much, much but more I, educated in the horror. Well, but I also don't know that I'm an idiot on things, so I, I'm going to say things... At least you're going to say them with a degree of, like, eh, maybe this is wrong, but I'm going to yeah. speak confidently, and I'm sure that I'm wrong on things. Yeah. Um, so we are going to speak with spoilers. And when we do these, I'm going to try to, I'll have a reason, at least I think that I'm going to, I'll put some thought into why we're watching them in order. So I wanted to watch Green Inferno first as opposed to Cannibal Holocaust. Hopefully at this point you can see why I thought those would be a good double bill. Oh, uh, yes. Um, they de- there's definitely a thread there. And... uh I guess to be blunt, I felt like we were, I was trying to show a bad version of this and a good version of this. Um, I don't know. Green Inferno, start us off. What'd you think? Um, It's definitely a a bad version of a a movie in general. (laughs) This is Uh, how you don't do things. Yes. uh, From the very beginning, uh, nobody in that movie was likable. Can I have to read you my first note? Sure. It says, two minutes in, I hate these bitches. Uh, my first note is, is this a remake of Ferngully? And then my second note is, I hate these girls. Mm. So you're scrapping that first note and you're not going to use that joke, right? Uh, right, yeah. Okay, good. So we're going to cut that out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sorry. I was, I was hung up on making my joke about making your joke about Ferngully. What was your second note? I hate these girls. And then my third note is everybody in this movie is unlikable except for Fat Beardy, uh, which I learned later is his name is Jonah. <laughs> Fat I Beardy. learned that right before he died because uh, I don't think anyone mentions his name until right before he dies. Uh, yeah, I don't think they do. Uh, my second note was 10 minutes. Fuck all of them. <laughs> so my first two notes uh, were directly related to how much I hate people. Yeah. What the hell? Why... Can no one be likable? Isn't that the whole point of a movie? And Eli I, Roth does this in every freaking movie, man. I, you, you've referenced Hostile to me before. Have you seen Hostile or you just I, know what it I, is? I have not. That is like that is the one thing that I've said, please don't make me watch Hostile. Uh, so I made a, you watch Cannibal Holocaust yes. instead. <laughs> and I, for some reason that might be better. I don't know. <laughs> Hostile is still this thing in my brain that is like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Don't watch this. So... Imagine the unlikability of the dumb sorority girls and the guys that were, that were, held themselves up to this huge regard, which I think he would argue is his point, but you have to have someone that's likable. I mean, your protagonist should have at least a redeeming quality and like you watch Hostel and it's frat boys, but I think Eli Roth might be a frat boy. Like, oh, definitely. He's he. I've seen interviews with him, and that is one hundred percent everything that he puts off. He's like, "I'm the greatest. Look at me." Quentin Tarantino likes me, so you have to like me also. Yeah, and, but that being said, like as much as I get angry and I think about these things, I'll see an interview and he talks passionately about a movie he likes or Cannibal Holocaust. You know, so I, yeah. I think that I, I never said he didn't have passion. Yeah, 
but so I'm hard. Let's like, uh, I might want to have a conversation. I might want to hang out with the guy, but I'd rather have somebody else make his, a movie. Definitely. Like I, um, it's certainly not a remake of uh, Cannibal Holocaust, but I think you I can it's definitely called the Green Inferno. It is it's, called the Green Inferno. It's definitely trying to be that. Yeah, it, it's absolutely. I would say his version of that. Yeah. Um. So the girl, the roommate of the, the main girl, the blonde roommate, the blonde roommate of the yeah. girl that Eli Roth ended up marrying. I'm pretty confident. Oh, dark haired girl. He married her. Uh, so the blonde haired girl looked. If you've seen Gremlins, do you know Gremlins? I know of them, yes. She looked like a mogwai. A mogwai <laughs> is what... So you're saying don't get her wet? I'm her feet are off her medina or whatever is in the movie? Yeah, don't do any of those things. Yeah. She looks like a mogwai. She's probably a really lovely person in real life without the white hair and the looking like she stayed up all night on a bender look. But yeah. uh, in this movie, she looked like a mogwai, man. Yeah, I think I think during the watching, I uh, I made the joke that she looks like the before picture for a meth addiction clinic. Uh, yeah, she definitely like her hair was just like dirty and stringy. Yet she was supposed to be this like college girl who like she was the one who cared about not caring. Yes, I think she was supposed to be the audience's point of view i i don't know if i got that i don't know if i got if anyone who was supposed to be the audience's point of view yeah i think that's the problem is when you you filter it through frat boy douchey yeah like that like he might think that they're likable like he can't right i feel like the only good character in this whole thing and good is relative definitely was Jonah, and I feel like Eli Roth was, like, trying to make fun of him. Like, he was, like, the the bumbling, unrequited... When you're saying good, do you mean a good person, or do you mean a good character? Because, uh, I don't know, the the worst guy in the world, Hitler, would be a good character. Yeah. Right? I'm, I mean, yeah. So you're meaning a good person. He's, he's a good person, okay. and... He's the only relatable character. Yeah, but he was definitely the bumbling version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. He was. He was the one. I think Eli was was making fun of, yet wound up being the only like real person in his movie. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's all I could think of for the first third of the movie was how much I hated all of these people. Right. Uh, and then that's bad because then I start dissecting things, so I felt like there were times that. I was asking myself something and then Eli Roth would have asked himself the same question and then put it into the script because there was one point where I literally said, wait a minute, who is paying for this? Like there's a group of 15 people right. flying to Peru and, and I said, who is paying for this? And then one of the next lines of dialogue was like, this is Carlos. He's paying for all this. So I feel like Eli Roth was typing. Right. There's like, there's no mention of anything about like the logistics of any of this. No. And no. then they just like throwaway dialogue to, once they're on the plane. To us or the characters in the movie. <laughs> yes. Because nobody knew what they were doing until they got to the foreign country. Imagine yes. taking a job. Hey, will you go uh, to Japan for a job? Yeah, sure. Sign me up. All right, I'm in Japan. What am I doing now? Yeah. How much am I getting paid? What tools do I have to do said job? 
I can almost understand. All right, so that's one character is dumb enough to do that. They had 15 characters that that's every one of them was shocked about what was happening when they got there. But hey, they're just they're just dumb college kids, man. But I, except for the old guy with the GPS. Was he old? I he was balding. I'm balding. You're old. Oh yeah, I got a good point there. It's getting sad. I uh so combining two things here. So the fact that I'm old and from the opening shot of Green Inferno, all I could think about was how in the hell do these native dudes and ladies and kids walk around on these sticks and leaves yeah. and not kill their feet? I, I couldn't even walk on like a gravel driveway as a kid. I could walk as a... So that's what reminds me, all right? So get, the getting old thing. So went camping over the summer with my son. Took him for a night. We went to a cabin. Uh couldn't fully commit to a, a tent or anything so because i need a sleep apnea machine on so speaking of being old <laughs> speaking of being old and cupcakes um <laughs> uh so we, we go to go camping i felt so old during this trip because there were so many instances that i completely remember my dad so first of all we go swimming in the lake and I have my glasses on swimming in the lake. And I remember making fun of my dad for swimming. <laughs> I'm in the lake and it hit me. Oh my goodness. I remember making fun of my dad for getting in the lake with his glasses on. And then my son tries to splash me. And I hear the words coming out of my mouth. And as they're coming out of my mouth, I remember making fun of my dad for saying it. Because he was saying, don't splash me. I'll lose my glasses in the lake. <laughs> then we get back to the camp, the, the cabin. And he's running up the the rocky drive to the cabin, and here I am doing like this bizarre breakdancing Japanese horror movie walk where I'm all jagged and trying to get my weight proportioned properly on all of these little rocks. And it was pathetic, and it made me feel really, really old. But yet these <laughs> old dudes in the forest, they're running through it, man. They got feet of steel. Yeah, I, uh, I, I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't. I, I can't even walk in the grass now. I'm barefoot. I'm. I have very sensitive skin, so I'm not looking forward to uh, tattoo. But I'll do it for the <laughs> podcast. But yeah, I have very sensitive skin, and being a large dude, lots of pressure. That's uh, yeah. I need shoes. Oh, it was rough. Maybe I should get orthotics. It couldn't hurt. No. I mean, it could help the hurting. Well, that's still not going to help if you're trying to walk on in the rainforest. No. You can't wear orthopods. That's why I don't go to the rainforest. That's a good point. Uh, I just looked at my next note, and it says 28 minutes. I hate these. I didn't write the word people. I think that I would assume that I'd figure out. uh, 28 minutes. I think you actually looked at me because I turned the time on so I could see exactly how many minutes in because the yes. two minutes and the 10 minutes I was ballparking, 28 minutes is accurate. So you can uh, go to your DV. I think this is when they were sitting at the table, I think, and they were all just bitching at each other. Probably. Oh, man. I, I hate these people. Um, and so after the table, then they get onto a couple boats, but they're like hurried. scurrying. They're like scurrying onto the boats and they're like, why am I on this boat? And they had two boats? Right. There were two boats, and they're like, why am I on this boat? They like, this were is as weird. inefficient on getting on boats as the <laughs> Titanic survivors. 
Or the people that didn't survive the Titanic, I guess. (laughs) But, like, so this is so poorly planned or whatever. Like, they they have no idea what's going on. And they're afraid of, like, they're being held. It's almost like they're being held at gunpoint and being put onto these boats. Mm -hmm. No, they're putting on boats and going into the jungle, you know, as they plan to do. Or someone planned to do. Yes. Uh, I don't have answers for a lot of this. Like, it <laughs> it's, seems like such a kind of contrived way that basically we just want to see people get eaten. That's right. all it comes down to, right? That's that's the whole point of the movie. Like, I I feel like it's it's. I think it goes back to this the sloppy writing, sloppy filmmaking. I think that we're like they're supposed to feel uneasy, and that's supposed to make us feel uneasy. It made me feel confused. Yeah, that's that's really all I, I get out of it. Also, um, yeah, I I felt better. Like once we saw the cannibals, I think visually it looked fine. Like, yeah. Um, before we get to the cannibals, yes. uh, you and I had a discussion, and I, I want to kind of rehash it here. Mm-hmm. Why did we have to see half of that guy's penis? Like he 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 goes into the the jungle to take a piss, and there's he's pissing on a tree, and there's a tarantula on the tree. There is no reason we need to see Dong in this no, in this scene. I especially to back up what you're saying. Kind of combining the next thing I was going to, I was going to talk about the look of the cannibals, right? Mm-hmm. The look of the cannibals. So I've heard, I've listened to some interviews and stuff about the movie, um, and they were a real tribe. Uh, it's pretty apparent. They look fantastic because they yeah. are authentic, right? But I also really doubt that all of the women, or the majority of the women and the girls, wore a bra-like X to cover definitely. their breasts. I've definitely that thought that's That thing. doesn't happen. Okay? Like he, they obviously put clothes on these people. Exactly. Which I understand. I mean, you can't have preteen girls. I guess Cannibal Holocaust did. Yeah. But you can't have teenage girls um, being exposed in, in a major film now. Right? So I completely get that. But it, but my point is, especially a movie that made restrictions to nudity, right. that they wanted to add male nudity. The best thing I can guess is... Because there's male nudity in Cannibal Holocaust, like Maybe. like it's another thing. Like is it like if there's a checklist of things that it has, like so I I saw his penis and then you see the tarantula, and you think oh, I'm going to watch as the tarantula crawls onto his penis. But no, you just hear gunshots and he runs away. Like there was no need for it. Yes, um, it just seems. And he tells us that it about bit his dick off. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of telling instead of showing in this movie. Yes. Um, okay. Enough penis talk. There's a um, lot of penis talk on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's your podcast, man. <laughs> it's your idea. So I'm just here. So moving forward, the cannibals looked fantastic. Um, I loved the one that's painted black. I love the one that's painted orange, yellow. Uh, yeah. I thought the look of them was great. I thought the movie looked fantastic. All the overhead shots at the opening, obviously yeah. reminiscent of Definitely. Cannibal Holocaust. There was obviously, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, no. I mean, if he's making this movie, credits are a perfect thing yeah. to pay an homage to and like, things like that. I personally really, really like Quentin Tarantino, 
and you can see where he crib shots from all of his influences. That's, that's I'm all, totally okay with that's that. That's all any of his movies are. And right. that's not a knock. I mean, right. he'll be the first one to tell you. He'll be like, let me tell you the things you don't know that I ripped off. Right. Um, but Eli Roth is not Quentin Tarantino. N- no. So but he's friends. They are so friends. So that's... They are friends. Um, do you listen to Brett Easton Ellis' podcast? I do not. Do you know Nor- Brett? Do you know who Brett is? Okay. I do not. Uh, super intellectual writer. Okay. Um, super edgy kind of guy. But now he seems more like he's uh, an intellectual, but he's in like a get off my lawn type of phase of like his career and where he's at with movies and things like that. Um, and that's not, I mean, that really sounds critical of him, but he's super critical of everybody and everything that happens now, but Mm -hmm. he has the biggest heart on ever for Eli Roth, man. It's the craziest thing in the world. Like this is an intellectual guy beyond any intellectual guys where he's dissecting films and how they affect culture and things like that. And like he, like he'll be sitting down with somebody and he'll just be like, what do you think about the filmmaker Eli Roth? Like, like just out of the blue brings him up. Yes. Yes. And I don't, I don't understand the infatuation. Like there's people like, I don't listen to rap. I don't like Eminem, but I can understand how he's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Eli Roth isn't like, even if you really, really like it, you can't say that he's a big deal or he's making big changes and things like that. I, I c- could not name an Eli Roth film outside of Hostel. That is all well, the, I know. There's of not it. that many though. That's the other part of it. There's four or five, and two of them just came out this past year. Wow, um, five I think. Um, but anyway, so so the Cannibals I think mm-hmm. look great. There's a yeah. s- there's probably a fifteen twenty minute stint where I'm on board with the movie, um, that I'm okay with it, and that's when all the stuff starts to go down with the Cannibals. Definitely. That's that was the first time the movie like was exciting. It wasn't just people talking about not knowing what they're talking about. Even one of the few things that I really remembered about it was the shit scene. Yeah. Uh, I really remember that and I really remembered it bothering me. And even this time it didn't bother me so much because I think it was played. If they would have taken out the farts and like the sounds of her doing it, I think it would have been more okay with it. But I think the whole point was that it was a moment of vulnerability. Like, look how low they are. Right. That you've got this pretty girl doing this in front of everybody. And the little kids are making fun of her. So I I'm, I'm, I'm was even more okay with that. Right. And, yeah, that's fine. But I feel like the way he directed the actress, like, she almost has this look. Uh, instead of, like, I'm sorry that this is happening. Doesn't this suck? It sucks for me. It sucks for you. She doesn't have that kind of look on her face. She just kind of has that, like, well, sorry, kind of, like, weird comedy look on her face. Yeah, and in addition to the farts and things like that, like, yeah. it doesn't It doesn't it, it play distracts. the way it, sh- it probably should. Or I, it doesn't play with the with the tone that it seems to be trying to, to produce the rest of the movie. I really want to see a good shit scene in a movie. I don't think that I've seen one. Dumb and Dumber. I <laughs> I feel like that's such a great tactic to show how, like, somebody at their most vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? Like, they have to go through that. Right. Um, did you read A Child Called It? Uh, I know of it. So there's a scene where he's, like, trapped in the basement, and he talks about how he's 
forced to defecate in this bucket when he's sick and he gets yelled at because he's disgusting, right? And it's like the most heartbreaking thing because you can imagine yourself in that position just filled with shame and then getting scolded for that, yeah. right? I think, so my point is, I think that's maybe a good idea executed poorly. Yeah. Um, and also, it, her being sick didn't play into anything else the rest of the movie. It, no, it was there just to see her shit. Right. I it, it I thought it was going to go somewhere, and it was one of the few things that was like in the back of my brain, like, oh, this is intriguing. Where is this going to go? And it went literally nowhere. No, it didn't. It That was it. Yeah, she, that, she that went, was it. And then nothing else happened. Um, the So I said that I was with it for a while. The exact moment that I stopped being with it, both times, and I completely turned off from the movie, was when they started shoving the pot down that chick's face. Yeah. How is this possible that someone can think that that's a good idea that that can go through this many people actors can sign up for it they can film it it can get edited people can put the money in to such if anybody's not listening we've already given you spoiler like we are talking with spoilers uh, but i'm gonna lay it out for you so they put i don't know pot but they put at most a baggie full a small snack bag full like maybe a couple grams okay of pot down a ounces. girl's throat. It's not a, not a, not. I mean, it, you could. Maybe and this do is all. This all takes place in the open jungle, open like open jungle. air. So open maybe air. ten joints worth. Yeah. Okay. Maybe so ten that. joints worth of pot they shove down a girl's throat, who the cannibals then cook, and these ten joints worth of pot end up able. By burning and I assume eating the meat. Yeah, I think they just tried to hotbox the jungle. Make the entire tribe not only high, but pass out. Fall out of trees. Fall out of trees, pass out. Like, it's almost slapstick. It's so bad, but it's not, which makes it worse. And like, then, yeah, and then they use it for for their moment of escape, which leads to what I have written down as perhaps the worst line in cinematic history they have the munchies as a guy is being eaten how did it get through this many people that this was a good idea i i have no idea like i don't it's, under- it, it it is like the <laughs> the worst line like he's just it, the it, the movie didn't know what it wanted to be because it has so much comedy attempts at comedy at least in it that tonally it just it keeps going back and forth like oh you should be scared oh they have the munchies he's eating me isn't that funny guys <laughs> and i mean they would have been stoned for hours at that point right seemingly yeah because he they like, had to he cook got, it he got had... darted and then came to and then they had the munchies so i like I, I'm just kind of at a loss when I when I see I, I there's moments that I feel like I don't understand how every big budget movie and this wasn't a big budget movie but the same principle still applies. Why is every big budget movie not as good as every Pixar movie? Because it's the same thing. Pixar has a ton of money, they spend tons of money, get tons of people involved, and they wean through and they punch it until it's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Pixar manages to do. 
90% of the time when people try to translate that into doing it into something that's not animated, it doesn't work because it's kind of filtered down to the masses or whatever, right? Right. It's, it's, uh, it's audience tested to hell. But there's got to be a middle ground where you can't just blindly have some... This feels like a first draft, dude. Like, I, like that's, what, that's what it seems like. Like, he was like, uh, wait a minute, how are they get paid? Oh, this guy's paying for it. And then he just kept going and never made his way back to go, wait a minute, why is she sick? Why did I set that up? Right. Is this pot thing, does that even make sense with the vibe of the rest of the story? I, I can't wrap my mind around how any of this is a good idea. Like, it's not even... I just don't understand it. Like, I mean, this is post-Hostel, right? Yes. So, and the Hostel was like a... Uh, it made a ton of money yes. versus its budget. So now Eli Roth, you're a big Hollywood director. So somebody gave him money to go... Said, here, you do your thing. It's going to be great. Make us more money. And then this is this is what he came up with. And there was like, no... You, there had to be some oversight. If you're giving... You give anybody money for a film, there's oversight. And, like, this was greenlit. Yeah, this is the exact reason why studios exist and interfere in things, is so people don't do this. And this one slipped through, man. I just don't don't get it at all. I, I, there's, I don't want to just keep beating it to the ground, because it's better than any movie I ever made. But yeah. I, I don't... I just... How any... How any person could think that we're supposed to believe that because this is a serious movie. It's not like this is if this was a comedy that was straight up a comedy the whole time, you right. would just buy it and move forward. But but this is not that at all. Speaking of this is a serious movie, not a comedy, that dream sequence at the end. Uh, what? Where did that come from? And why is it in there? Was it funny? Like her teeth were pretty cartoony. Right. Like. So now she's the cannibal, but like the whole point of those cannibals is they were just people. The whole point of the movie is that they're just people and they're the terror. But yet she had like weird, like vampire weird teeth, something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't. If, the, if this were a different movie, I would say that's a studio note. Like you need a jump scare <laughs> at the end, but obviously the studio didn't pay attention yeah. to this movie so i don't have any ideas and and then i feel like the piece de resistance of how shitty this movie is you turned it off very quickly but i did see in the credits twitter handles twitter handles for everyone involved it's not gonna date it at all fuck you eli roth <laughs> I, but good luck with your uh, your little speech there i yeah congratulations <laughs> on, on that speech can we uh, stop talking about this movie now uh yeah, um, I do have a quiz oh. for you. Uh, n- not nothing elaborate. Okay. Who is the most likable person in this movie? Beardy, by far. He's the only likable person. Yeah, you kind of said that already. I uh, didn't really feel that. I don't know. Like, but Beardy bold. still went. Like, I still feel like if you were in that group, you were a douche. Yeah, I mean, see, like everyone maybe well intentioned, but. No one's likable, and then when they actually get captured, like, it turns out that Baldy and the guy from World's Greatest Dad are, like, somewhat human yeah. and possibly likable. 
Yeah, but, I don't know. The my last note I wrote is she lived, and I don't care. Exactly. I, I, I was I supposed to be happy right her. then? Yeah. I don't know if I was supposed to be happy. Like and, I didn't even like her dad. No. This is like the peripheral characters. I don't give two shits about the the person doing the lecture at the beginning of the movie. I'm still like, yeah, don't really care. Yeah, we didn't even get into the whole female genital mutilation. Like, oh, she's a virgin. Isn't that a crazy twist that she's in college and she's a virgin? All that bullshit that meant nothing and went nowhere. Yeah, it didn't uh, mean anything. It was it was a frustrating movie. It was super frustrating. And not only to watch, but like the more that I think about it, it just frustrates me more. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have thought of... Even having sat through it, I am upset at how much brain power I've had to give this movie after it. That's just incredibly upsetting to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's how much I want to do for you that I was willing to sit <laughs> through that again because it is frustrating, man. I appreciate it. Really it really is. It really is. Um, had you, you had no idea about Cannibal Holocaust, though. You, uh, you I hadn't. I'd heard rumors that it was like the worst thing ever, but that's literally all I knew about it. Was it the worst thing ever? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think uh, I'm going to sound heartless and terrible and totally turn off all the audience, but like I've seen like the, you know, factory farming videos and stuff like that. So uh, the fact that they were like killing real animals and everything kind of didn't really bother me if that's weird. So I think what you're saying is the act itself. Right. And, didn't bother you. And that act, the actual gore of like the turtle and the muskrat, which obviously the, Killing the muskrat was real, but the actual gore of the muskrat, I think, was fake. But, like, the the real turtle and everything, like, I just found it more fascinating. Like, oh, you know, they cut its head off, and then, like, it, for a long time, it kept moving, and I didn't know that about turtles' nervous system and things like that. Like, yeah. I just found it more interesting. And, yes, you know, I'm not for cruelty to animals at all. I think the big, but, the big thing for me is when we go into the animal thing isn't necessarily that they died because, uh, you know, the monkeys, yeah. the, they chopped off the monkey's head, the natives ate them right. like, like they really do. Yeah. Um, yes. In the film, the people that were in the film killed the turtle and I don't know, but I sure looked like they were legit eating it. And I would be willing to bet if they're actually in the Amazon yeah. where they filmed. Yeah. It probably did get eaten, especially yeah. when they had natives with them filming. So the fact that the animals died and I, they weren't tortured. I mean, that's yeah. how you wouldn't really kill them. Yeah. Um, the fact that they died. The thing that I would question and which the directors came out and said he regrets doing is, is that okay to use that in a film? Yeah. That's the question that comes. Um, so that being said, obviously we don't want to be killing animals on screen right um i'm not saying I, I condone it i'm just saying personally like my it didn't have that visceral reaction my relationship it. with gore in movies like i'm a complete weirdo that that didn't really have much effect on me mm. what about the rest of the movie because for me the rest of the movie i just ask you a question then i'm gonna keep talking okay the the rest of the movie is what bothers me more like i'm watching the movie 
and I'm saying that I I don't think I don't know if I can say I like the movie because there's nothing I'm gonna I don't enjoy watching it. I think it's important to see. Can can you say that you appreciate it? Absolutely. Okay. That's that's I think it is good. I think it's important. I think people should see it if they have any interest in the genre. But to say that I like it's I don't enjoy watching it. But you don't enjoy watching Schindler's List either, and you should watch it. Yeah. Um, Which I haven't. But that's another podcast. That <laughs> We're gonna have so, so many podcasts. So that's that's kind of my stance on it. Is that I think that it's artistically, creatively, and I think it's got so many ideas, uh, it does so many things well, that it is fantastic. It doesn't mean that I like watching it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much the gore affected me, knowing going in about how bad it was supposed to be and everything. Um, what really disturbed me was like all the rape. Like, I feel like the, the rape gave me that guttural kind of, this is not pleasant feeling more than just like, Oh, they cut his head off. I have zero. The gore has zero impact for me. Yeah. However, the viciousness of the movie. Oh yeah. Is what does bother me. It yeah. really strikes me more than anything. Else. The head's getting chopped off. I mean, how many movies do that? And it's hilarious when it happens. Yeah. Not a lot of hilarious rape scenes. Yeah. Not a lot of hilarious scenes about people having sex on the ashes of the people that they just burned alive in front of the rest of the people that lived with them. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's like... Not really a knee slapper. Yeah. The, the two characters... Which by they're basically rape like trying to rape each other, in this weird like, it's like ah surprise sex and then like no I'm gonna win at sex no I'm gonna win at sex but then you like you like there's that weirdness but it's in close up, and then you kind of zoom out and you realize that yeah they're they're on the ashes of the the village that they've just burned, and then in the background are all the the tribes people and like it's still happening like right there in front of you and it's like which i would argue is fantastic filmmaking man like completely like you're kind of maybe you're supposed to be a little titillated maybe it's still super awkward yeah but then they pull back and now you're kind of right in on that you're gonna you're gonna feel bad for any titillation you felt before exactly like this is not meant to this is not meant to be titillating. This is this is meant to show that you know, sex is like one of those those basic human feelings just like hunger and thirst and it's one of it's one of those primal instincts and uh, I don't know. It can be used for good or evil. That doesn't really play, but you kind of get the the gist of that it's the whole movie is just two hours of disturbing it it really is um but that's the point so that's why yeah. i would argue that it is good yeah um the uh do you know who julian casablancas is i believe i've heard the name it's the lead singer of the strokes okay yes he looks exactly like the fake character in this movie the skinny chick 
Okay. That looks like the lead singer of The Strokes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna want to Google that. Everybody, <laughs> go ahead and go ahead and do pause, do a Google image search, and uh, take a look at the Faye character. Then uh, Google the Strokes and the lead singer Julian Casablancas. Casablancas uh, definitely looks like her. So that's a fun little fact. Lead singer of the Strokes starred in Cannibal Holocaust. Um, um, I do want to say one one knock on the film is is the Faye, not necessarily the character, but the actress. I felt like was a terrible actress. There's definitely degrees of poor acting in here. Um, uh, and, and then there's some either sinkish. They think there's maybe it's just the version that we had, but there's dubbing obviously that happened. Oh yeah. There's a lot of ADR um, in the movie. So that being said, I'm still, I'm watching it through the lens going, they made this in 1979. Like I can handle that. Uh, okay. I don't think that the year really plays cause you know, Citizen Kane was made in, what, 1941, 42, 43, something like that. But uh, I feel like that was the one thing that kind of, like, took me out for a second and made me kind of realize there, you know, there there were a couple moments. And, yeah, I will say this, this I did not enjoy my time with this movie, but <laughs> I realized that it is it is appreciable. I, uh, but but one of the, the few things that took me out was like her acting, and real the fact that they had two cameras, but one of the cameras was always filming like the other guy filming, rather than like getting an alternate shot. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, and I think that's one of the tropes of the found footage yeah. thing. Going back to, I mean, this is this lays this the groundwork. I mean, it's half of it is literally a found footage movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have five, six different versions of when, not only when things are taking place, but how it's being taken, how it's taking place. If it's being told directly to you, if someone else is watching something, yeah, if it's taking place on the TV, if it's past its future, it's a very, I don't want to say convoluted because it has a negative connotation, complicated, yeah, complex um, structure for a movie. And I have to say, there's still some things that I'm not entirely sure on. There are some moments where I'm still kind of confused. Okay. Um, is the movie supposed the the outer movie? Uh huh. Not the movie within the movie, but the outer movie. Is that also supposed to be a documentary? No. Because the titles say, like, things about, like, scenes, keeping scenes in their entirety. And then, like, right before the credits, something about a projectionist getting fined. That was the movie. That was in the... So, the opening credits are basically saying, we know that animals are getting killed. We're still releasing this. Mm-hmm. Don't be mad at us. Okay? We're calling it art. Okay. However, the end title card for the projectionist thing, if you remember at the very, very end, the guy that's running the news site or whatever calls and he says, John, you need to burn this film. Right. Okay. So he burns the film. Part of the film, part of the actual movie Cannibal Holocaust is the story that that John, that character did not do that. He didn't burn the footage. Mm -hmm. He kept it, sold it for $250,000. That's how this movie exists. 
but that doesn't make sense either because it's because, not a found yeah, footage movie. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they were trying to figure out the found footage thing as they mm-hmm. went also because how many they're explaining to the audience. They're explaining to one another in the movie, but they're explaining to them like, oh, they're trying to figure out how to work their camera, which things we would see now you just automatically know they're trying to figure it out. It's out of focus a little bit. There's no sound yet, but they're yeah. literally telling you over that. And I, I think that's an example of like them using using a new creative device. They're right. trying to tell the viewer how to watch it because right. it, it hadn't been done before. And they did like five different versions of this all at the same time. Yeah. I I mean, for the most part, it's extremely well done. I am nitpicking. No, um, but there I'm are, not going to th- pretend that it's perfect. I mean, yeah, it, essentially, not. it comes down to it's an exploitation film. Yeah, that that's what it is. But I think it's it's clever. It pushed the boundaries in a whole lot of ways. Definitely. Um, and and I think it's important if you have any interest in the genre to have seen it. You are not going to enjoy it. You're probably going to want a palate cleanser of some type afterwards. Um, but uh, yeah, you ask about the impaled girl. Yes, I did. I brought that up, and you said wait for the podcast, and here we are at so, the podcast. So, do you know any of the controversy after this movie came out? No. Okay, I'm sure I'm going to get some of the details wrong. So brace yourself for some emails, some mean tweets. Yes. Okay. So, movie was released. It's an Italian movie. Mm-hmm. It's released. It was out for X number of weeks or months. And then all of the prints were recalled and it was banned because the director and I imagine producers or something um, were brought upon murder, uh, obscenity charges. Okay. And then they added murder to it because it's essentially a snuff film that actually killed some of the real actors and actresses in it. In real life? Allegedly. Okay. So that's what they were charged with. Okay. I definitely left that pause there for a minute yes. for you to digest that. I didn't. I didn't want to see dead people. No, no. I will, I'm told you at the beginning. I'm not going to do that to you. I didn't do that to you this time. Thank you. So one of the things, which again was super clever, they ended up using it again in Blur Witch, is the people that were in it. So the four characters that died in the film, the original four, mm-hmm. the four douches. Yeah. They purposely cast no name actors, and they made them sign that they couldn't appear for a year. They weren't doing any publicity for the movie or anything because there still is that question, just like with Blair Witch, is this real? Is this not real? Mm-hmm. So, which is brilliant, by the way. Exactly. So that's what I mean. Like so many ideas that they had when they were doing this. Um, so they charged them with killing them, killing the, the, four the four documentary filmmakers, Correct. Um, and they had to bring them or had to provide proof. They ask the actors and actresses, hey, can you prove to the courts you're not dead because we're going to get charged for murder for you? Mm-hmm. Um, they had to like show them how they cut off the penis because that was pretty incredible. Yeah. I don't have an answer for how they did that. Uh, they also go ahead. Because I was, yeah, that was the my thinking was, oh, I'm, it's a good thing he's dead when they're cutting off his penis. We because... hadn't talked about penis for like five minutes uh, yeah. and we had to bring it up again. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and they had to explain how they did the impaled girl. So the way that they did the impaled girl is she's essentially sitting on a bicycle seat. Okay. And she has a piece of bamboo that she's biting down on sticking out of her mouth. 
That's which sounds, what I figured. Sounds pretty simple, but it's an awesome visual, man. Like completely. There's some DVD releases that it's basically has a it has a statue of that with her because it is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I'm not gonna pretend anymore about it than uh, talking about how much I love it or anything. But I think it's important, and I think that it was good that uh, tested you right up front to make sure you were up for this. Um, I I guess. Yeah, you've already went this far, right? Yeah, um, I'm in this deep. But that's why I think that, that what appeals to me about horror is, is instead of just being everything, if you're not a horror fan, you say that it you like horror and you're going to lump this right alongside the original Fly. Yeah. Totally different movies. Completely. Godzilla is nothing like Friday the 13th. And, uh, you know, Happy Birthday to Me is nothing like Lords of Salem. But... Uh, they all fall under the same umbrella and you can dissect it infinitely, which is exactly what our goal is. Yeah. And I'm going to pretend like I know all those movies. Yeah. You, you'll get there eventually. Yeah. All right. You ready for next week's assignment? Uh, it's all over, baby. For you and for the listeners. All right. So very first thing we're going to, uh, this is a remake. We're going to be doing a remake okay. uh, in the original. So the first uh, you're looking at Larry Cohen film. There's only one thing wrong with the Davis baby. It's alive. Okay, that was an awkwardly reading of the, like, it's called It's Alive. Yes. Thanks for, now, everybody, the, now everybody's the, trying to Google. The tagline is on there. Yeah, that's true. I, I just, I, I say what I see. Okay. Uh, There is, like, a baby basket with a really weird hand sticking out. So, I don't know if we ever explained this, the whole concept of what we're doing right now. The idea of what we're doing is that Justin has no idea what is happening at all with this movie. So he's trying to guess what he's getting ready to watch just based yeah. on the art. Um, this particular DVD is a triple feature. So it has It's Alive 2 also on it. And I can see some sort of weird vampire devil baby. So I'm going to guess it's some sort of weird vampire devil baby movie nice thank you yeah yeah and then the uh the remake also called it's alive wow this this cover is much more striking uh a baby's thoughts aren't always innocent that's cute um yeah this baby looks less less vampire and more just straight up demon all right so give me a prediction about either or both of these movies uh, I'm gonna guess that we're gonna see, um, some, some devil babies. Um, I'm gonna guess we're probably gonna see some little people in weird rubber costumes. Uh, and in the later one, some, uh, hopefully some bad CG. Alright. Uh, but yeah. It's alive. Alright, we'll look forward to seeing that week next week, everybody. Right. What did I just say? Words that right. made sense, but maybe not in that order. All right. Penis. Yeah.